You're listening to Old Tiny Crimey, crimes from the golden age of yesteryear. Now, here's your host, Christy and Scott. Hey, it's Old Tiny Crimey. I'm Christy. Your register gets really up there. I'm Scott, by the way. And I'm Amber. Any higher and only dogs are going to be able to listen to this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Only the dogs heard that. They're laughing at nothing. (laughs) So we are here to give you a little bite-sized snack of crime. Uh, And as usual, it's kind of sort of, you know, has a little relation to our other case this week, uh, which we'll be getting later in the week. So this is Lavinia Fisher. And let me tell you. What I'm about to describe, I don't know if it's true, what, what's true, what's false, and what is maybe a conspiracy. Ooh, <gasps> I love some good conspiracy. So yeah, this one definitely, it, it, it makes you question some things, because Lavinia Fisher was maybe the first female serial killer in America. Maybe. Girl power. Girl power. All right. Um, I'm oh, glad just, you guys are proud of this. My sources <laughs> for this are uh, Kathy Weiser on Legends of America, Wikipedia, and Warren L. Wise on The Post and Courier. So she was born in 1793, and nobody knows anything besides that about where she came from, her childhood. We don't even have her, her maiden name because she married John Fisher. And so we have Lavinia Fisher and no knowledge of her family, any of that. Uh, They lived in Charleston, South Carolina. They had an inn there. It was called the Six Mile Wayfarer House because it was six miles from Charleston. So it wasn't, it sounds kind of oddly like romantic, but it's very practical, actually. It's basically by telling you the the name of the house, you're also giving directions. So Hmm. I can admire that. (laughs) And people would mysteriously disappear from there from time to time. And she, Lavinia, she was very, very pretty. She was known as quite a, quite a Southern beauty. And she was a, a very much a charmer. She had uh, a lot of charisma. The locals really liked the Fishers. And nobody ever had any solid evidence of these disappearances. It was just somebody was out traveling and, you know, uh, usually a guy. And then he just never came home. And last I knew, he was somewhere around Charleston. So... Uh, shades of uh, shades of the bloody benders. I was just gonna say they had a somewhat bloody benders style. We have a, an episode on the bloody benders fairly early. Uh, if you're just joining us, uh, if you're not the type to catch up, you just want to dive right into the new stuff. Um, so you, you really need to listen to the bloody benders, though. It's got murder, uh, cannibalism by proxy, uh, tits as an accessory to murder. <laughs> <laughs> it's got everything. Theoretical, theoretical tits as an accessory to murder. Yes, allegedly. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, they would really do it kind of bloody bender style. They would get travelers in for dinner, start uh, asking them just. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, it, it starts it already. <laughs> no, it doesn't start. It continues from last week. <laughs> I don't think it ever ended. Um, they we would... were just talking about cannibalism, and then you said strangers in for dinner, and I'm like, I oh, bet. that okay, all right. <laughs> no, no cannibalism that we know of here. Uh, but allegedly. they would allegedly they would ask the travelers all about their lives, just like peppering them with questions, uh, trying to suss out their financial situation because Six Mile House was on a trading route, 
and people would bring their goods down to Charleston, sell them, and when they leave, guess what their pockets are full of? Puppies. <laughs> we all three said something different at the same time. Yes, the answer is money. <laughs> the answer is, in fact, money. I think I prefer body parts. <laughs> I prefer puppies. Aww. Aww. So after dinner, uh, Lavinia would serve their guests tea, uh, and they would go, the the traveler would go off to bed, and then John would stab them just to be sure, and then afterwards hack them up and and bury them in the cellar. Uh, so the story goes. I, I do wonder if this uh, this double tap policy was put into place after a, a particularly bad night, maybe. <laughs> Like, you know what? I don't think the poison is going to work all the time. Maybe just in case you get all stabby, stab, stab on. Okay, okay, John? Good, good, yeah. I, I've often been curious about why burying in the basement. I get, I, get the, uh, I get the planning of it where it's like, oh, okay, I'm able to get the body into the ground without going outside. But then there's got to be some sort of smell that wafts up into the house. One would think, but as we as we said last week, everybody smelled bad. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> yeah, I no. forgot. Hopefully they didn't all smell like death. But So if you're burying bodies in the basement, remember, use the whole can of Axe Body Spray. Yes. It's right there in the name of the product, Axe Body <laughs> Spray. <laughs> so and now, possibly, if they were burying them in the basement, and they were doing it because another version of it goes that the tea was never meant to kill them. It was only meant to just knock them out for a bit uh, when they went to bed. And then Lavinia would sneak up there and pull a lever that would collapse the bed and send the victim plummeting into a pit, possibly lined with spikes. Jesus, Mortal Kombat fatalities. I am picturing, like, uh, the... the demon barber right now like some sweeney, sweeney todd a little bit of sweeney todd action going on here i see that i was like, just wondering if she bought the lever and spikes from the acme corporation of course <laughs> of course well they worked so no yeah that's true so in february 1819 we so she would have been uh 26 then we have some accounts um uh, of a group of vigilantes going out to Six Mile House because there was some known gang activity out there, but they didn't know that Lavinia had anything to do with it. And they chased off the people they thought were involved and left a man named David Ross there to keep watch. Just make sure nobody comes back. Well, in the morning, guess what? They came back. Uh, they attacked David Ross, and when he saw Lavinia there, he expected her to help. But instead, she choked him and put his head through a window, which helps if you're looking for somebody to, you know, kill you or give you a really bad concussion and, you know, some, some, some bruising around the neck. I mean, close enough, right? Yeah, that's, that's, that's help of a sort. It's, so he <laughs> I does mean, you know, consent. Yeah. <laughs> it's whatever. He does escape, and he runs off to uh, law enforcement to tell his tale. And then very soon after this, a traveler named John Peoples comes by looking for a bed. And Lavinia says, no, no vacancies here. But, you know, we have dinner and we have tea. 
he eats when he gets the tea he's not really a fan of it so when her back is turned he like tosses it into a plant or something he, he gets rid of it but i was picturing him watering a plant essentially. i just i just picture like the plant like the fern just drooping down and dying like in an old movie yeah we're All turning this... this into a cartoon it i think really... that's what we're doing yeah <laughs> yes we are but it already has those elements so we've got we're... the trap door the pit of spikes a woman named Lavinia. <laughs> it, it, it's essentially written by Hanna-Barbera. It's only a matter of time <laughs> until this thing is solved by a group of kids and their dog. Yeah. Which I had. I've been spending too much time by myself. I realized that the only unexplained phenomena that the Scooby-Doo gang ever came across that they couldn't explain was the fact that their dog talked. <laughs> Actually, have you, do you have Netflix? I do not, but I steal a lot of my entertainment. Um, you shouldn't say that. Um, but anyway, uh, they actually redid Scooby-Doo. Okay. And it's it's on Netflix, and my kids have gotten into it, which is very fun. Because <laughs> it's very similar to the one that, that we had, and it's just like a, basically like an epic saga of Scooby-Doo. It's, it's kind of great. I'll check it out. It's, it's not too shabby. It's not too shaggy. Not too, sh- not too shaggy. <laughs> <laughs> so John Peoples tosses the tea. Uh, Lavinia is still doing her 20 questions thing. And then, you know, what do you know? He must have enough cash on him because she discovers a miraculous vacancy. Now he, when he gets name of your he... Name of your porn tape. Yeah, <laughs> miraculous <laughs> vacancy. I love it. Thank you. Uh, so he he's starting to get suspicious. She was asking him a lot of questions, and her husband was giving him a lot of weird looks. So instead of sleeping in the bed, he sleeps in a chair by the door, and then, you know, he dozes off, and then he is awakened very violently by the crashing of the bed as Lavinia pulls the lever, and it, of course, collapses to supposedly drop him into the cellar, possibly lined with spikes, which is not going to happen. He escapes via the window, and he, too, runs off to Charleston to tell his tale to law enforcement. So finally, all these disappearances and strange happenings, the the authorities finally have some names to go with the crimes. And so they come out uh, to Six Mile House. They search everywhere. They dig up the ground. ground. They find secret passages galore. Uh, There's items in them belonging to missing travelers. They find tea laced with oleander. Uh, There's also a mechanism that opened the floorboards under the bed. And uh, depending on where you look, 10, 20, 30, or 100 sets of remains in the basement. Wow. Good God. (laughs) Yeah. Good God. And John, he gives up all the names of the gang members in an attempt to protect Lavinia. That didn't really work. They're both arrested and charged with highway robbery. Not murder, but it's still a capital offense. They plead... No, there's there's a couple versions of the story where they're uh, charged with something like assault and attempt to murder, and then highway robbery later gets switched in, so I'm not really sure. But one way or the other, capital offense. Uh, They plead not guilty... There is a trial. They are found guilty, but there an appeal is allowed. So there's some time between court sessions, and they decide uh, while they're stuck in the same cell together in the old city jail to do yet another cartoony thing and tie a bunch of bed sheets together. Aww, 
that's sweet. To escape. Oh, <laughs> still. It actually, still. in a way, it is kind of sweet because John and another inmate that was helping them managed to get down, except that when John was on his way down, the rope broke. So Lavinia was stuck. And John pretty much abandoned the escape attempt because he would not go without her. So he goes I, back I, to the cell. I no, don't right? know why they, he didn't just paint like a, a black hole on the wall and reach in and grab her through it like the cartoon it is. Exactly. So he goes back to the cell. And as you can imagine, the jail was like, a little more security here, I think. Yeah, sounds good. Um, they are sentenced to death by hanging. And they take very different routes to accepting this. You know, everybody's different. Uh, John takes the religion route. He sees a reverend uh, and, and takes counsel from him. Lavinia takes the uh, cop a major attitude route. She is just a stream of constant vitriol and ranting and raving. Man, you just can't please some people. Yeah, right. I know. <laughs> And uh, so in February 1820, so this is a year after they were initially caught. This all took a while because there were only, like, court sessions every six months or so. Uh, they go to the gallows. Now, John, he had a letter he'd written uh, after talking to the reverend, and he had the reverend read it to the assembled crowd of 2,000 people. And the letter basically said, hey, so, look, I'm Christian now, so you can't execute me with a lie on my account. And the lie on my account would be the lie you're spreading and telling that I'm guilty because I'm innocent. So you can't execute me because you keep on saying I'm guilty. It's some interesting logic. It's, it's interesting. And then he also sort of also asked the crowd for forgiveness. It, it's kind of twist his way there. It's, it's, it's a little strange. I think uh, he, he had some, some conflicting thoughts. And they, they hanged him anyway. Oh, yeah. Was, uh, he was one of those guys. Well, yeah, that, that gambit was not going to work. <laughs> it was a and, good try. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, he was, he was one of those ones where it, it, it took a few minutes, you know. Some, some twitching and moaning. Not, not pleasant to think about. So Lavinia, meanwhile, insisted on wearing her wedding dress, red and white. <laughs> I know, right? This girl. This I girl. love her. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just wait. Um, she refused to go to the gallows. She had to be picked up and carried. When she gets there, she is screaming and yelling invectives at the crowd. She's blaming all the Charleston socialites that she was like, you all encouraged this. You, you wanted them to hang me. You did this. My soul's on your hands. My blood's on your hands. At the same time, she was so sure she'd be pardoned because up to that point, there had been no public executions of women in the U.S. And then immediately, of course, I thought, Salem witch trials. But I was like, no, we weren't actually the U.S. yet. So this is true. This is doesn't true. Count. And you um, know what? I'm sorry. If we would have left a couple of those witches alive in Salem, maybe we wouldn't be having a lot of the problems that we're having in America nowadays. <laughs> I agree with you. <laughs> so. She was so sure she'd be pardoned, uh, so when it seemed like no pardon was coming, she screamed, and I'm going to try my southern accent, but I have been trying to harness it all day, and I haven't been able to grab hold of it, maybe because I'm barely speaking to other human beings, but uh, give me a second. I might have to do a couple tries of this, and either Scott will edit it out, or he won't, and then I'll edit it out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know if I can do it. If you have a message you want to send to hell, give it to me. I'll carry it. Ooh, that that's like, not bad. That was like kind of a Louisiana southern accent. I like that. I Very like good. it, too. All 
right, good, good. I was worried about that. Thank you, guys. Very nice. <laughs> and her message was very, that if you have a message you want to send to hell, give it to me. I'll carry it. Woo! You yes. You even more, Amber? I do. I do. I do. Yeah. Sorry, I actually had to mute mute because at one point I um I kind of snorted my drink out of my nose and so I had to like mute myself and then die a little bit and now I'm back okay. so I apologize for my absence that's okay I, I like that you had to snort your drink out I'll take it even if it's not a compliment to me I'll take it as a compliment I gotta yeah. ask do any of you guys have a message for hell uh, no, I'll, um, I'll, I'll, I'll deliver it in person. It's fine. Right on. Yeah, I much like Lavinia. I want you to tell Satan I'm ready to deal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you tell Satan that I'm calling in my favors. Mm -hmm. So she, the noose is around her neck. After she yells this, she, does, she basically what they call cheats the hangman and jumps off the scaffold to her death. Um, doesn't quite make it to the ground, so she's just kind of dangling in the crowd. And keep in mind, they weren't even 30 yet. Uh, he was 29. She was 27, I believe, when they when they died. Now, of course, her ghost is said to haunt the jailhouse, which wasn't even where she died. But, you know, if she like the conditions were not great, as you can imagine, in a, an old jailhouse in the south. It's hot. There's lots of bugs. They're in a tiny like she and her husband and possibly another inmate were sharing a six by eight cell. Like it was it, you read about the conditions and it's actually pretty horrifying to imagine spending a year there. I do not blame homegirl for losing her mind a little bit. I would too. So uh, and I don't blame her for haunting if she is in fact and when you read the list I've never seen such an extensive list of all the different things people experience when they go to the jailhouse and they like feel her spirit or see her or whatever, it is like probably I'd say 50 different things. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. So now here we try to find the truth of this because this is the legend of Lavinia Fisher. There is some truth and like I said, some of it may not be true. And there's also the question of conspiracy. So here we go. There are no records of 100 sets or 10 or 20 or 30 sets of remains on the property. There were just a few sets, not in the cellar, but um, on the in the ground. They can't be tied to the fishers with any certainty. They were both dug up right after the arrest. One was a white male, freshly buried, and one was a young African-American woman who had been buried for about two years. But again... No idea, you know, no way of connecting them to the fishers. Um, it does seem clear that they like to rob travelers, if not kill them. They did like to rob travelers. So they're still guilty of highway robbery. Uh, there is a contemporary account in the Charleston Courier uh, that names the two of them as part of a gang that was rounded up for robbing travelers, beating people, stealing cows, as one does. Why not? Um, I hey, actually we, had... We learned from our very first episode... You can get away with a lot of shit in the olden days. Don't you fucking take a cow. That's right, yeah. They will put you to death. H.H. Holmes, murder, 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 murder. And even he was afraid to go to Texas because he stole a cow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did have a, an, an, an instance of pronoun antecedent disagreement when I was reading an article from back in the day about this, the, the, the cow being found and uh, one of the wanted people being found. It said that the wanted person was found with the hide of a cow uh, that, that belonged to a local farmer. And then it said she had been missing for about a week. And I was like, the cow or the criminal? Or the farmer. <laughs> hmm. Or the farmer, yeah. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> so the 
the tea, the trapdoors, the skeletons, those aren't in any records. Even there's there's uh, some discussion that even the cheating the hangman thing was likely like similar to what happened, but not actually. It just got twisted. She remembers she was sure she was going to get a pardon. So when she saw the sheriff reading this document, she assumed it was her pardon. And when, you know, like she was just about to leap off the scaffold to freedom when he caught her up and said, no, no pardon. I assure you, there will be no pardon. You're going to go out down and deliver my message to the devil. And as for the wedding dress, I hate to disappoint you. She may have insisted on getting buried in it, but it probably was just ashes because locals burned the six-mile Wayfarer house down not long after the arrest. So it very likely was in there and was burned um, almost a year before the execution. I like to think she was arrested in it. Like, she was just fucking crazy. (laughs) Wore a wedding dress every goddamn day. She might have. We don't know. (laughs) That's I like the perfect. way Scott thinks. Yeah, let's <laughs> yeah, just go yeah. with that. <laughs> so, um, former Charleston, Charleston homicide detective Bruce Orr wrote a book on the legend, Six Miles to Charleston. And in it, and he did a lot of research and dug through old documents and papers and everything, uh, he posits that the charges were trumped up in an attempt to seize the Six Mile land, Six Mile House land for the government because President James Monroe was doing a tour of southern cities and apparently was looking for a good spot to put a naval port and the governor wanted that to be in Charleston. All this happened possibly, you know, in, in an attempt to make the naval port a reality. Uh, the President Monroe was not interested at all. Um, the port was built 80 years later And now a defunct naval hospital stands on the same grounds where Six Mile Wayfarer House once stood. So it's curious, though, because, you know, was it just an attempt to, you know, do a a little little land season there by the governor, you know, trump up some charges? Um, And it is odd that there was a gang of several here. There there were the Lavinia, sorry, the Fishers. Uh, there was William Hayward, and there were probably like four to five other people. Only they and William Hayward were tried and executed. We don't have any accounts of the others being executed, and uh, as far as I'm aware, no accounts of them being tried. So out of all this, uh, she is still not considered, even though she was publicly executed, she's still not considered to be the first woman publicly, publicly executed in the U.S. That honor goes to Mary Surratt, who had some involvement with the Lincoln assassination. But I would like to say, by all accounts, you are, will be relieved to hear that her last words are real. Thank God. I know, right? We need something. <laughs> Thank God. Do you, you think that would be something interesting that they would do with like public execution? Well, not that we have public executions in the United States anymore. Let's bring them back. Yeah, but <laughs> just executions. It's like, could you, uh, could you deliver a message to my... Uh, well, if you're guilty, could you deliver a message to my uncle? And if you're innocent, could you deliver a message to my mom? <laughs> <laughs> either way, either way, you know, I, I got something I need delivered. Public service. <laughs> oh, my God. That, uh, you, you hate to think that, like you're, the government would do that to somebody, but... You also know they would. Ask a, ask a Native American how they feel about this situation. 
Yeah, exactly. You know, there's actually, um, and Scott, back me up here. There's actually conspiracy theories going on now that part of the reason everybody is working from home so they know what businesses they can buy up and turn into manufacturing. There are several conspiracies going on right now. With something uh, like this, there's bound to be. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the three most interesting, I did hear, I did hear the one uh, Amber was talking about. Uh, so definitely that one kind of caught my attention. Uh, the second one I heard that, uh, uh, coronavirus, this is actually a, an engineered virus and it was released in China as punishment, uh, for the trade war that Trump and them started uh, against each other to weaken their economy. And then the uh, third one that I've heard recently that is gaining some traction is that the missing children, uh, all around America are being uh, taken by the uh, taken by uh, like the government elite, tortured, and then their uh, adrenal glands uh, ripped out to harvest the drug adrenochrome for celebrities and politicians. And right now, since everybody's inside, it's hard for them to kidnap children, and all these weird uh, weird ways that celebrities are behaving, like Ezra Miller uh, choke slammed one of his fans who was asking for a. Uh, Asking for a, uh, uh, an autograph. Ellen DeGeneres said living in her mansions is like being in prison. Like all these, uh, all these weird ways that celebrities are acting right now is because they're going through adrenochrome withdrawal. Oh my God. That's bizarre. Mm-hmm. I love bullshit conspiracy <laughs> theories. I really do. You do. I love them. <laughs> love them. Well, that is the tale of Lavinia Fisher, maybe America's first female serial killer, possibly, and maybe a giant conspiracy theory also that uh, there can be, you know, a, a port. Hmm. I can't waste, wait to waste my life on this one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so thank you everybody for joining us this week. We hope you enjoyed this old tiny crimey. Remember, we are releasing these uh, that normally go strictly on the Patreon so that you can have a little extra distraction and hopefully enjoyment and education in your your time of uh, COVID-19. Uh, so, you know, it's not going to last forever. Hopefully the virus won't last forever, and then hopefully this won't last forever. So don't get too used to it. <laughs> <laughs> but for the time being, we really, really hope you're enjoying these. And it also is very fun to release it to a wider audience. So, all right. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.